0: Hello and welcome to Pastor George's Bible study.
1: Okay, so by God's grace, we will continue from where we stopped. Um, If you remember, we were looking at the Word of God last week as the instrument through which God uses to transform our minds. So just for the purpose of reference, we will start reading from Romans twelve, Romans twelve, from verse, just for the purpose of reference, and then we will move on to ref, the other reference scriptures for for us to look at and examine. So, Romans twelve, verse one and two. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we'll we were looking at the matter of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we established last week that the instrument God uses to transform our minds, to renew our minds, is the word of God. And we look at the attributes of the word of God last week from what Abigail has reminded us of. So we just want to press a bit further on this issue of being transformed by the learning of our mind through the word of God. So let's see the attributes, or should I say, let's examine the nature of God's word in achieving this. We will look at Hebrews chapter four. We've read that scripture before. We know it, but to go over it again should not be burdensome, actually it should just be for our own spiritual benefit benefit and refreshing. So Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to read um, from verse We'll start reading from verse I think to give us a bit of context, let's start let's read it from verse 7 down to verse 12. So can somebody read Hebrews 4 verse 7 to verse twelve. Bethel, can you read Hebrew twelve, Hebrews four, verse seven to verse twelve?
2: God again set a cre- certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. But if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest Mm -hmm. for the people of God. But anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It nudges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Okay,
1: so that's Hebrews there describing for us what the word of god does but i just want us to appreciate the first thing and why we need a transformation look at what the bible says in verse seven can we discuss how does the word of god transform in verse seven How does the word of God transform or renew the mind in verse 7? Yes, let's discuss it, please. Mm. I want us to discuss it. I shouldn't be the only one talking. Yeah? Yes. Abigail, help us. How does the word of God from that verse 7 or what, what do you notice about what we are talking about on the issue of transforming or renewing the mind? Yes? Uh,
0: well, it says that we shouldn't harden our hearts to God's voice, which is his word.
1: Yes. So explain.
0: So if you want to be transferred by God's word, you have to have to, um, like they're not hardened to what God has to say.
1: So so what you're saying is
0: Yeah, I didn't say you
1: the, nah. the word the word of God is something that Maybe we have to say. So the Word of God yeah, so the Word of God is an instrument God uses to soften our hearts. If you read that scripture, the Bible says today if you hear his voice, Do not harden your heart. Meaning that the word of God actually is what God uses to soften your own heart. His voice, God's voice is his word. Actually. Anything God says as he speaks, that is his word. And the glorious thing about it is that how do you know it is God talking? It's his word. That is his voice. Do you understand? Usually, the voice of, of a person identifies a person. When you're not on
3: um, mute, they'll be able to hear, able to hear you.
1: <laughs> the, the voice of God, or should I say a person's voice is what you use to recognize that person. Is one of the characteristics of that person. It's the voice of God. The voice of that person. But actually, for for God, how you know it is Him speaking? He speaks His word. George,
4: what, I think, um, um, can I say something? And yes. Sir. I think it says in, in Ezekiel chapter 11, where It says, I will uh, give you a a heart of flesh, or or God can turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. So what it means with that is by constantly um, reading the word of God or listening to the word of God, eventually that even though we are resisting the truth, and then there will come a time that our hearts will just be like so soft and that eventually we will be able to accept the truth. And that happened to me because before, as I have mentioned, when my cousin tried to tell me about being born again, I always dismissed that until all the time, you know, I always hear him, you must be born again, you must be born again. This is, you know, the way of salvation. And constantly come um, hearing that until... Through the Holy Spirit, God has moved my heart through Mm. his word. So that's why I'm here now, because of the word of God that I have heard. Mm.
1: Mm. If you, just thank you very much, Nika. Maybe we should go to that Ezekiel 11. Let's look at it. Ezekiel 11 verse 19. Ezekiel 11 verse 19.
3: Because I was, I was thinking along the lines of uh, where it talks about in two Timothy, every word is uh, Theonost, uh, God breathed. If you, do, do, do you know that word?
1: Yes, about the word of God being, or every scripture is God breathed, theo, uh, it's inspired the, of God. Theo, yes. Uh,
3: theo, uh, Theo, Theonustos.
1: Yes. God Yes, yeah, So let's read Ezekiel 11 just because Nika has raised a very important point and then we will move on from there. So in Ezekiel 11 verse 19 the Bible says then I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them and take a stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh so that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. Do we appreciate the process there? That the process of turning a stony heart into a heart of flesh or a soft heart, it results in that person or a people to walk and obey God's word. So God gives you his word to soften your heart so that you can now walk according to his word. And it is true that, in that scripture we just read, it is true that that those people will be God's people. And it is through that process that you and I can have God as our God. You see, look at the way it's written in verse that verse 20 of Ezekiel 11. Uh, it says, so that they will walk in my status, keep my commandments, and do them. And they shall be my people. That's God talking. So for you to be God's people, this is the process. Anybody can get up and say, yes, the Lord is my God. It's not by mouth. It's not by saying it. It's actually by going through this process. That's why on the last day, you know, some people came to God and God, in judgment day, God said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Hmm? Do you remember? Jesus was saying, not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom. And And the Lord disqualified some people. He called them workers of iniquity. Do you remember that scripture? And so, as I read this, God is telling us or reminding us that the whole aim of him bringing his word to you and me is so that we can obey it. And at the end of the day, you can be God's people. And it doesn't stop there. Then God will be your God. So, the prayer now, a prayer point I'm just raising from this is let us respond to God's word. When you hear God's voice, God's voice is equal to his word. The only way you can recognize God's voice is by knowing and learning his word. So God's voice is, it's not, I know when we say God's voice, you think your whole voice from heaven first. It, you know, if you want to characterize it, you are thinking of a, of a deep voice. If I said, have you heard God's voice now? Some people might say, oh yes, I just heard a loud voice from heaven. I can wake up and read your Bible. For you, that is God's voice, isn't it? But actually, God's voice, first of all, is his word. So when I say, have you heard God's voice? The first thing is not honestly to say, oh, I did hear a voice from heaven. Actually, God's voice is actually his word. God is not going to speak outside His word. That's His voice, because the Bible said in that Hebrew scripture that if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. So you will understand that at times you want to do something, and God is saying no. The Bible said, "Love your enemies." Do good to those who despise you. That's God's voice. That's his word. He wants you to obey that. So that you can be his people. Or his person. So that you can be his son and his daughter. And God can be your God. It's by obedience to his voice. Do you remember... Just as a um, correlating reference. How does, how do God's sheep know their shepherd? So maybe we should correlate that reference to um, John. The book of John chapter 10. So let's go to John 10. This is a open scripture. We've read it several times. But I want us to just take note of some things Jesus said there. We are talking about us being God's people. And how are we God's people? Let's read it. The Bible says, in verse 1. Can somebody read it for us? Verse 1, 2, 3. And 4, verse 4. Regine. Oh, who is that? Uh, Jethro. Yes. Jethro, thank you. Can you?
4: It's ja- John chapter?
1: John, John chapter 10? 10, 10.
4: 10 verses 1.
1: From verse 1 to verse, read it to verse 5, please. Thank you. Yes.
5: I assure you, most solemnly I tell you he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold but climbs up some other way elsewhere from some other quarter is a thief and a robber he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep the watchman opens the door for this man and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it and he calls his own sheep by name and brings and leads them out. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never, on any account, follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call.
1: You see, I pray we understand what the type of relationship God wants to have with us. Look at the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. here. I don't know if you've, you've seen it. I have seen it. Where a shepherd, at least I've seen it on, on documentaries. When a shepherd calls sheep, it's so amazing the way they respond. The the sheep, they hear and recognize the voice of their shepherd. When another shepherd comes and calls out to those sheep, they will respond because they don't know his voice. That is the same application. That is the same thing God wants us to appreciate in our relationship with him. The Bible says in verse 3, it says, To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Talking about the shepherd, they hear his voice. Spiritually, in the application, what does that mean? It means that as God's sheep, we hear his word. We hear the voice in his word. That is how you are God's sheep. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So how are, we led, how are we led as Christians? By his voice. By his word. If you say you are following Jesus, do you know the practical application? Is you are hearing the word of God, And you are obeying it. That is what it means. In the actual sense. That you are following Jesus. You are are following Jesus. First of all. Not because you go to church. It's because. You are hearing his voice. You are hearing his word. And you are obeying it. That is following Jesus. Because that's what sheep do. Sheep respond to the voice of the shepherd. And our shepherd here is Jesus. He has given the life of, for the sheep. Look at it. He leads them out in verse 4. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them as Jesus not gone before us. Has he not died on the cross before us? He has died before, directly before us. He has done it. He has paid the price. And he has gone ahead of us. He resurrected. His resurrection is the reason why we can follow him. If Jesus did not go before us in resurrection, excuse me, you have nobody to follow. If he did not rise again, There was no need to be a Christian. To follow him. That's the glorious thing. He has gone before us. He goes before them. The Bible says in that verse. And the sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? For they know his voice. Hallelujah. They know his voice. That's why they follow him. So if they ask you. Why are you following Jesus? It's because you have come to know, first of all, of course, you have committed your heart to Him as your Lord and Savior. But He's your Lord and Savior as a result of the fact that you hear His voice, you hear His word, and you are obeying it. He is not your Lord and Savior. If you don't respond to his voice. You see the Bible said. The sheep follow him. Why do they follow him please? Because they know his voice. And permit me to use. Another interpretation of the word know. It's not just. The knowledge of. They interact. At times. When. When. The scripture uses the word know. It also means interact. They have appreciated and appreciated and know his voice, his word. They are responding to it. They are relating with it. And that is what God has called us to do. Look at verse 5. It says, yet... They will by no means follow a stranger. Excuse me. I hope you know the voice of the stranger has not stopped because the voice of Jesus is there. The voice of the stranger is still there. The enemy is still throwing his own voice. But those who follow the voice of Jesus, the word of God, they will by no means follow a stranger.
4: And George, uh, let me add something. You know, uh, the reason why sheep uh, follows the voice more than the, you know, what they see, because a sheep, uh, their sight is not uh, clear as, uh, you know, other animals, no. <clears throat> their, their vision is not that clear. So they listen to the voice. So obviously, um, as Christian as well, at times what, Uh, Our eyes can see we are so easily distracted. That's Mm. why if we listen uh, to the purity of the word of God, we will know that it's the true teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously, we will stick to that purity of the truth because um, if you look at nowadays, there are a lot of Christian churches teaches about the way of salvation but in between that there are a lot of things that uh, you know will not agree to the uh, um, basic truth of the bible so that's why mm. there are a lot of christians that uh, we're gonna go astray because they listen to other voices mm. of you know strangers rather than the voice of uh, only the truth of mm. the word of god
1: The Lord will help us because, you see, what Nika has said is so crucial. I was hearing, oh, Funke, was it not you saying it? No, it was Tim. We were we're doing a a different meeting. And they were giving us the statistics of um, Christian of, of pastors, who believe in the truth of God's word.
0: Oh, Pastors,
1: Christian yes. worldview, yeah. Oh, Christian
0: worldview. Okay, you live by a Christian worldview. Yes, it's less than, it's just half of. Well, depending less than that. On nomination
1: because was it not thirty something percent?
0: Yeah, the evangelicals are more. They are yes. over, 50%, over.
1: 50 by fifty-one percent.
0: Many others, and that's even very bad because evangelicals would claim to believe in, you know, the entire word of God and preach it and try to convert other people. But more than half of the pastors don't have a Christian worldview. So Christian worldview means doing things the Christian way. You know, how do I live my life? How do I um, manage relationships? How to you know, things like that, um, which is really interesting, isn't it?
1: It's It's sad. If the leaders don't believe the word of God, the basis on which they are called, excuse me, how do they <laughs> how do they function as leaders? That's the danger, and that's the cruciality. That's why me and you, we need to understand that God's voice is God's word. And it a sheep because it is God's word that we follow. That should be our life. That should be our what we hold on to. And so we are talking about the issue of sheep following the voice of the shepherd because it is by following the voice of Jesus. Remember that scripture we read in Hebrews. Bible says, if you hear his voice today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. When a sheep suddenly hardens his heart and does not hear the voice or follow the voice or the promptings of the shepherd, that sheep is exposing itself to the wolf. And that that must not be our portion. So looking at the matter of being transformed. So let's let's go to that Hebrews scripture, Hebrews chapter four, again, that we read. Hebrews four. And I just thought it's important to raise the issue of God's voice being his word. Now, let's go to the characteristics of God's word and how it transforms, how it renews. That's why we are studying it. So verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful. First characteristic. Maybe we should read it from amplified that that scripture. Um Jethro, do you have amplified there? Can you read? That verse 12 for us.
5: Hebrews 412.
1: Yes. For the word
5: that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective.
1: Stop there, please. (laughs) I hope we can appreciate what God is saying here. His word, the word God speaks. Is alive, is living. There's life in it. And I'm praying that you will have faith as we read these scriptures. That you just don't know it as head knowledge. You will actually believe it that the Word of God is alive. It is not one set of writings that they wrote thousands of years ago, it is actually alive and applicable to my life today. And it's not going to stop being alive. Generations to come. If Christ tarries And in the next 1,000 years. This same word. Is going to be alive.
3: Well I'll just say. When the Lord Jesus speaks. Of the sound. Um, even that. He's spoken. To us. Even that we're not see him and hear him, we know that he's there by our side in also our hearts to wherever we are and wherever we go, we know that we are travelling with him in that um, of the actual world. Cause, um, if we um, speak Like the way it says in um, Hebrews four, chapter four, it says, "For he speaks in a captain place of the seven days on his way and dot days." Liam, which scripture are you reading? The seven days for Liam. Oh, this works.
1: Which verse are you reading?
3: Yeah, it's Hebrews four. Yes. And verse and verse four. Yes, yeah, so okay. Hebrews chapter four.
1: Yes, verse four. And so verse four. Yes, so Liam, we we are looking at verse twelve.
3: Yeah, but. What, The way you said about um, speaking of Jesus, yeah. We know how Jesus speaks to our world. And the way we speak to him in our world, we know that he didn't hear us and we can hear him. Yes. Because we read voice and our voice, like... If we pray praying to him for, um, for today, on our um, actual meeting, we are um, it, one of the actual children that uh, counts as um, he truly um, one and only heart. Just what we do here today, we are in his world. Uh,
4: okay. Liam, Liam, can we
3: thank, go yeah. back to our original uh,
4: verse? Yeah? Yeah,
5: verse uh, verse 14. We need
4: to go back. Even. Yeah, oh. yeah. Let Brother George continue to our topic now, Liam. Yeah? So okay. that we will thank not you. be diverting to other topics. But well done, Liam. Very thank good. Thank
1: you very much. You've talked about the fact that we hear God's voice and God hears us when we pray.
5: Yes. Very important.
1: Yes. So we want to. We just want to continue on that verse 12. We are talking about what the word of God looks like. So we have noted that it is active. It is alive. Active means it's at work. Mm. It's not dormant somewhere. The word of God is actually active. The Bible, um, that translation, uh, um, just to read for us, Amplified, the Bible qualifies the word of God as being operative. It is at work, carrying out operations. And the Bible also uses the word energizing and effective. So these are words used to describe the word of God. And please, the reason why we are reading this is not just for our head knowledge. We should believe it that actually the word of God is alive. The Bible says, full of power. It's effective. It energizes us. It energizes the heart. It is alive. It brings an impression on a heart so that that heart can respond in obedience to God. That is the effect of the word of God. It's not just a group of writings that you just know. Oh, that's the Bible. Oh, okay. It's for, they wrote it thousands of years ago. It's for religious people. They go to church with it. No, it brings life. That's what the word of God does. And I want us to appreciate it as it's written here so that it can work for us. You see, when the word of God is not believed, we don't believe it's alive. We don't believe, is full of power, it cannot be effective in our lives. You will see an example. The Bible talks about the children of Israel. The Bible said, the word of God did not profit them. Why? Because it did not mix with faith in their hearts. So when you hear the word of God and you do not mix it with faith, you don't believe it, it will profit you. It will transform your heart. It will transform your mind. It's very important we appreciate the word of God with faith so that it will profit us. Please, maybe I should look for that scripture. Is it in Hebrews? Same Hebrews. Um, when the Bible said, the word of God did not profit them because it did not mix with faith in the heart. Please, can somebody remind me? Where is it? Hebrews, let me see.
0: Um.
4: In verse 2, Brother George.
1: Verse 2. Yes, thank you. Yes, Hebrews 4, Chapter 4, verse 2. Yes. So the Bible says, For indeed the gospel they had did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That was the gospel. Also, the word of God, because the word of God is gospel. when you don't mix the word of God with faith in the heart, it can never, it becomes just, oh, it's just a knowledge you know. It doesn't profit you. It doesn't bring out its work in your life. Because we have have not mixed it with faith. And the interesting thing about the word of God is that faith comes by hearing. (laughs) You see, it's like a, I don't know how you, which illustration I can use to explain this. The word of God produces faith. Eh? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And for the word of God to be effective, you need faith. Do you see the interplay there? It's glorious. To get faith, you need the word of God. Which is lovely, but also for the word of God to be effective, to carry out its maximum effect on your life, for the word of God to bring forth fruit, you need faith to live by it. So that when you obey the word of God, even when everything else is contrary, you still obey it you still believe it because it produces faith. And I'm praying that you will approach the word of God like that. You will not just dismiss it. You will trust God to develop deep faith, to obey and respond to it. If you want to have faith, beloved brethren, it is still the word of God you read. You don't just get faith by shaking your head and say, yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe. When there is nothing producing the faith in your heart, it's the word of God. Do you know, and I'm sure you, brethren, you will have examples. When you have been faced with certain situations and you hear the word of God, and immediately you hear the word of God, faith rose up in your heart mm-hmm. to respond in that situation.
0: Amen.
1: That's what the word of God does. And beloved brethren, I want us to be challenged. Let's respond. Let's not just take the word of God as justice, just in, the, in one book, the Bible, and you keep it there. No, it is alive. Let's respond to it. Let's exercise our heart in it. It's not just for the. It's not. You see, the Word of God is in Scriptures is so that it can be. We read it can be applied to our lives, and we leave it out. We are actually meant to be living Bibles. Our lives. Actually, it's meant to be living by And I truly believe that. I'm sure you heard this story before. Please permit me to repeat it. Remember the, the story of a missionary that went to preach in a certain community. For years, he was there preaching the word of God and living among the people. And then he died. And they buried him in that community. Several years later, (laughs) another set of missionaries, Christians, came to preach Jesus in that place. Do you know the people in that place, had they were thoroughly convinced, they told the people who came to preach them and said, this Jesus you're talking about, he lived here. <laughs> this Jesus you are yeah. saying is kind, is loving he prays for people and people are healed he lived here the people are saying, the, the missionaries that came they say no, this Jesus lived in Israel, thousands of years ago, they said sorry this Jesus you are talking about he lived, look at where they buried him <laughs> how did that man live in such a way that it was obvious that the Jesus, the new missionaries were describing, was not that man. Beloved brethren, can God give us this testimony?
0: Mm.
1: Can God give us this kind of report? That's the prayer now. You see, that testimony is beautiful, but it does not come about by wishful thinking. Mm. Is by obeying the word of God. Believing in it. Living by it. That statistics about pastors not believing the word of God, that percentage of pastors not believing the word, is shocking. But you see, let not that distract us from what God has called me and you to do. God is calling us to live. By this word, because it is active, it is alive. It is not dead. May God grant us understanding. Now, let's look at the other characteristics of the word of God before we move on. Before we finish, our time is almost up. Look at that Hebrews 12 again. It says, and we're looking at it from Amplified just for a bit of more clarity. He says, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. That's the word of God. It is sharp. The word of God can penetrate no matter how hard the heart of a man is. It can penetrate that heart. And, you know, when they talk about it being two-edged, is wonderful. Anywhere the word of God is, is drawn. Or anywhere it passes through. The effect is lasting. Look at it. They said it's sharper than any two-edged sword.
4: That's why. The
1: person who is receiving the word of God. And the person who is speaking it. If I'm preaching the word of God now, the word of God should be cutting my heart as well as the heart of the person hearing it. Two-edged. In fact, the word of God that is effective is the word of God that has affected the speaker. It has pierced the heart of the speaker. Because it's not only the hearer that is affected, that is going to be affected. Even the speaker, the person who is speaking it, the word of God is also cutting his heart. And you can see this example. Let's go to just let's a very quick peek at that example. Look at Acts, the book of Acts. When the word of God was declared on the day of Pentecost, look at it. In Acts chapter 2. verse 37. To show you the piercing effect of the word of God. The Bible says, now, this was after Peter had been speaking, speaking, speaking. The Bible said in verse 39, 37, sorry. When they heard this, when they heard the word of God, they were caught to the heart. You see the effect of the word of God. Reggie, you are carrying good news from what I can see here. Please read verse 37 from Good News for us. Acts chapter 2, verse 37.
2: When the people heard this, they were deeply troubled and said to Peter and the other apostles, What shall we do, brothers? Deep, deeply,
1: deeply troubled. How will they not be deeply troubled when the heart has been caught? That's what the Word of God does. He cuts the heart. I don't know if it has... I, have you, I don't know if, that, if the experience is kind of okay. okay. I remember when I gave my heart to Jesus. Oh, I just thank God for His Word. I gave my heart to Jesus in secondary school. And we I used to listen to all this rap music. You know all those rap music? Those ones where they always throwing their hand like this. They're always doing yo, yo, all that stuff. Isn't it? I used to listen to it. And I will not forget one day in the classroom. Thank God we are reading that scripture today. (laughs) It was, it was my classmate. I won't forget his name. Adam Sallu is his name. He went and quoted Romans chapter 12 to me. This romance story we are reading today, he quoted it. He quoted verse 2, where the Bible says, And do not be conformed to this world." You see, immediately I heard that it was as if my heart I had a jerk on my heart. Do not you see, he only quoted it in passing. He said, Akin, this music we are listening to. He said, But the Bible says. We should not be conformed to this world. You see, immediately he said that. I don't know. You see, that's why the word of God, I pray you will appreciate it. My heart just, it was like a I've been stabbed inside, but you can't see the knife. <laughs> As if you've been pierced, you've been pricked, but you can't see the knife. I knew what happened immediately. That is the word of God. It pierces you. It cuts you. Do you know why I've not forgotten? When you have a a a if you, you've been caught or you have a laceration, you know what is left? A scar. Isn't it? Excuse me. All of if you have a scar anywhere, do you forget how that scar came about? You don't. When the word of God pierces you, it leaves a mark on your heart and I'm praying that we will experience this kind of thing more and more. I knew from that day that listening to this kind of music was not correct. That brother did not preach a sermon. (laughs) He only quoted that scripture. He did not expound on it. He did not explain it. He only quoted it and went moved on. I'm praying that we will keep experiencing the piercing nature of God's word. That is how a life is being transformed. This experience happened to me several years ago. To be specific, I think it was 1989. Care about, and I've not forgotten as a secondary school student, the word of God is alive. Do you see how it if it created an effect (laughs) in my heart from another person's mouth? I'm praying that we too, the word of God, when it comes, it jolt our hearts and the effect will lead to gro- the glorification of God's name it's not for our self glorification the word of god doesn't make you now behave otherwise it transforms you it transforms the mind and look at time? and look at that verse look at that verse we we read in Hebrews, sorry, Romans 12. The Bible says, Um it says there in verse 2, he says, You be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect in your property. That is the effect. Of the transforming power of the Word of God in life. It makes you know, it makes you confirm, it makes you understand, appreciate, and run with the perfect will of God.
0: That's
1: what the Word of God does. God's will, what God wants to do, what God's intentions are, you can only know it through the transformation.
3: Transforming power word of word. Yeah, the when you and, uh, um, read Romans twelve, verse four, um, to verse five, it says, "For as we have have members in one body, and all members have not the same offers." So we bring may our one body in Christ, and every one member one of another.
1: Yes. So, Leah, we are talking about the church and the body of Christ.
3: Yeah. To when you have another. Um, yes. Like when you do another person of a believer. Um. No, and no, then no, trolling you um, at your actual body. You know when someone is actually helping, supporting you, like Jesus did. You His heart to helping us to believe in Him. When we pray to Him, to do David's it heart and His power to make us actually um,
1: speak. In our world. Okay, Liam, thank you very much. Um, so, we are going to pray now. Yeah. And what's the prayer point? The prayer yeah. point is, Oh God, help me, help us to keep responding. Yeah, t- to respond. responding. Let's keep responding to the word of God. And response means obedience. It means accepting it. It means believing in it and living it out, acting on it, making it our lifestyle, making it our all in all so that we can prove God's will. We can know, prove it, confirm it. If we want to use the word confirm, that's good. To confirm that this is the perfect will of God. Mm. I pray that the Lord will help us as we apply
0: this to our lives come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m.